Hello, everybody, and thank you for listening and tuning back into the Stu Simpson Show podcast. Today, we've got very someone very, very special indeed, all the way from Costa Rica, international darling. We've got Mark Clairot. Hello, Mark. How are you today? I'm very fine. Very fine. Thank you. And how is life in the wonderful Costa Rica? Well, I'm probably going to annoy everybody and tell them that it's very hot. <laughs> <laughs> excellent, excellent. Very well, hot. Yes. Um, so the second season of the Sue Simpson Show podcast, so the first season was all about creativity. And for some reason, it seems to have kind of, because I've got a number of different aspects of things of life which interest me one is very much about being creative but also spirituality and theology has always been a, a long-running theme in my life um so it seems that season two i started off with a guy called edward the reverend edward johnson here in casa carrick uh, and that moved me on to sort of like exploring more about the ideas of god and spirituality and theology and um, you came to mind or to spirit even um so <laughs> Can we um, just tell the world a little bit about you? So you're a light worker, is that right? That's right. Um, yeah. I've got a list of things here. Light worker, alchemist, empath, a conduit of healing, and you do meditations, healing circles, and coaching. That's a lot of stuff. It is. <laughs> I'm not doing I'm not doing all of it at the moment. I'm not doing I'm not doing the meditation circles online. And I haven't done a healing circle online for a a little while since I've been in Costa Rica, so, but they're all still there in the periphery. Excellent. So give us a little bit of background about yourself. Um, you obviously, you're, um, you're English? I am English. My surname is French, so it's, um, I'm fifth generation English. Um, a little bit about me. I've had many jobs in my, my time. I used to work in catering. I worked in the airlines for 16 years as a flight service manager in charge of Boeing 747s. Um, I've been an Alexander Technique practitioner. I've had my own business selling cakes. I've done all sorts of things basically, but um, yeah, it's all kind of led me to this kind of healing um, of my life and spirituality. But it's only actually, it's quite a new thing. It's only in the last four to five years that it started, started coming out. So um, just as for for the listeners at home, just to prove that this is not, there's not a background that I've added on that it's like a natural sound effect. There's a, you've got a bird in the background there squawking away. What's, oh yeah, is that your there's lots of, uh, where I live is it's not exactly jungle, but it's quite jungle. Um, but yeah, there's hummingbirds that go in the tree outside, and there's yeah, there's lots of birds birds around. So it's yeah, very in nature. It makes it. You, it you makes, might hear dogs barking too at some point. There's a dog excellent. I was just about to say it's it's a it makes a nice change from hearing my dog barking, but there you got your dog barking, mate. Add in add in for the texture as well. So I don't exactly remember how we met in the first place. Was it a queer spirit? I think it was queer spirit, but I'm not sure that we actually spoke. Yeah, <laughs> we may have I don't been think in we have. And then somehow, I think you sent me something and we became Facebook friends. And then I think you've been to a few healings of mine. So, yeah, it's, I don't think we've really properly sat down in front of each other. Like, actually, physically. But I, yeah. feel, I feel as if I, I kind of like know you on another level. It's kind of, it's very interesting. Um, so, right, for the people at home, what, what we 
Queer Spirit was a, it's a very interesting festival. Uh, what were you doing there? What was I doing there? Um, I went with a friend. Uh, well, I went with a couple of friends that were going. It kind of appealed to me on the spiritual side. Um, and when I got there, I just, I felt, I felt there was two things going on. I felt very at home and I thought, oh gosh, this is, this is my tribe. Although I felt a little bit square, actually. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, and some of my friends felt the same. So, um, I thought, gosh, these people are real hippies. Yeah. <laughs> um, but weirdly, I was being a bit triggered at the time. And I used to have something, a bit something you could say was Tourette's. So my body used to make quite strong mm -hmm. physical movements. Um, and there, actually, I got to the point that I had to go and stand in the next field because I was, I was ticking mm -hmm. quite a lot. And I realised that actually, this is when I properly realised that I'm an empath. So I was picking up the energy of a lot of the people there. And so, um, you know, as we know, queer people quite often have a little bit possibly more trauma and trans people a little bit trauma than other people. So I felt I was like a sponge sucking mm -hmm. all that in. And I didn't know at the time how to protect myself until I figured that out. So it, it, there was times that I thought, actually, I'm going to have to leave because I can't I can't cope with all this kind of crazy kind of things. But then um, once I figured it out, I yeah, I really start to enjoy it and get into it. That's so, really, yeah, that's really interesting because I as my listen, some of my listeners know I also have Tourette's. Uh, and when I was a queer spirit, I, I got I got really triggered really badly so much that so that I had to leave. So I went off to, to stay in a hotel for a night because there was so much going on and I just, I felt it very difficult to cope with. And I, uh, I went through some healing stuff with um, one of the practitioners there and so much, so much stuff come out, but I never kind of, it never occurred to me that I might be picking up on other people's feelings as well. Um, so, and... Well, I can tell you a little bit about that, how that happened, if, if you like. So yes, there was one more, I got up very early and I meditate in the morning. So I went to one of the tents that was going to host one of the um, workshops that morning. And I just settled and I meditated and I was very calm and I wasn't ticking. And I thought, oh, this is good. And then the facilitator came in and I said to him, I said, oh, just to tell you that I do tick quite a lot sometimes. And it seems here I've been ticking quite a lot. And he said, oh, we'll just mention it, you know, as we introduce ourselves. And then when people started to come in, I started to pick up the ticks. Mm. And then it got quite, quite bad. And I realized that I was focusing on one person, a trans guy, and he looked quite miserable and he wasn't getting involved in anything. And then I just thought, oh my God, I just, some intuition came and it just said, you need to put like a boundary around you, almost like a fence. And I call it like a wibbly wobbly bubble. And as soon as I did that, I was calm. Wow. So that, that was my like, oh, okay. I am <laughs> sucking stuff in from other people. And I, it means that I can just be boundaried. I can, this is my stuff. This is your stuff. Maybe this is spirit stuff. I can still be with a person. I can still be empathetic, but I, I'm not physically taking it into my energy boarding. 
interesting so where do you think that comes from um is this a, a natural ability that's that maybe has been passed down or is it just something that comes to you and you don't know where it comes from um i would say i would say i've always had it um but i just didn't realize to the extent i had it and i think some people are just more naturally have this natural energy of and being empathetic, but unfortunately they don't know that they are sucking everybody else's energy in and kind of giving it as well. And I noticed this when I used to teach Alexander Technique. So people would come in for, for example, like a bad shoulder and they would leave and they said, oh, that's amazing. My shoulder feels so much better. And I would walk down the road and I would have a bad shoulder. Yeah. So I would literally take their pain. Now, I knew how to get rid of that quite quickly, but it was quite shocking sometimes how that, it's like transference. It's just mm -hmm. like an energy transfer. Excellent. So, yeah. And um, explain to the people at home, what is the Alexander technique? Uh, so the Alexander, <laughs> that's quite a difficult one to explain, but it's, um, people usually know it's the posture technique. So it's about kind of being aligned, your it sort of revolves around the head really if this is your head a lot of people with the computer they kind of poke their head forward yeah um and so we encourage people's head to kind of go up so their head just sits nicely on top of their spine see how you're doing it there Stu. Yeah. <laughs> and and then um you know it might help people with their back pain or that sort of thing but what i worked out in I did it for 16 years teaching Alexander's technique that what, why is somebody's posture bad in the first place? And what I figured out, because my posture used to be really, really terrible, yeah. it's more to do with anxiety, depression, childhood trauma. So once I figured that out, I started to teach people in a different way and teach them about how emotions affect their body and how we can think about things differently. So I, I enjoyed I enjoyed teaching Alexander Technique very much, and I thought I would do it my whole life. But Spirit mm -hmm. had a different idea. <laughs> so one day, about I suppose about five years ago, um, I was working with people, and it's a hands-on therapy. And they lay on the couch sometimes, and I cradle their neck or I move their arms and their legs about to release tension, unnecessary tension. And it was almost like a voice came to me. I can't say it was a voice, but it was an intuition. And my intuition was saying, actually, you can trust your intuition and you don't need to put your hands on to feel that energy. And I was just played about with it. And it was like, oh, my God, yes, I can. Yeah. <laughs> and literally, I used to check people's, I, I call it an energy body, which is like an egg shape around you mm -hmm. that goes over your head. And I would walk around somebody and I would check that area. And sometimes I could feel a mass, like a real kind of weight. And I would basically scoop it out and throw it out the window. And sometimes it was, you know, incredible things happened and somebody would have a bad knee for three years and then there would be all this energy. I'd check it out the window and then it would be fine. <laughs> um, <clears throat> so I started to trust myself a bit more in that and I, I didn't realize I was channeling at the time but I realized that actually spirit was just kind of channeling through me and, and telling me what to do 
and how to do it and how to sense the energy and how to get rid of it. And then at one point, <clears throat> I kind of thought, well, this sounds a bit like Reiki. I've never had Reiki, but maybe I should train, do some training in Reiki. And for some reason, I was Googling and I came up with this thing called pranic healing or pranic healing. Mm -hmm. And um, I went and did a course on that. And the weird thing is everything they taught on the course, I already was doing. So they teach like a meditation. I was doing a similar meditation. They teach some physical exercises. I was doing those physical exercises. Wow. Not all of them, not completely, but very similar. And even though the way that they were doing was similar, not exactly, but they were throwing it into salt water, the energy, because actually I was just chucking it out the window. <laughs> and that, that could have, you know, somebody could have walked past it. <laughs> you know, so I learned a lot, but I was surprised at how much I already kind of knew and I take it that basically spirit had been teaching me how to do that so it just kind of um it was, it was good for me to do because it's just like okay I'm not going crazy this is a thing mm -hmm. and you can feel energy and you can move energy around the body and at least it gave me a kind of an understanding of how to do that maybe more remotely because I wasn't doing it remotely at that time is pranic healing, is that a, a part of a Vedic tradition? Is that from India? Um, I'm not going to say yes or no because I don't actually know, but the guy... Um, no, I'm not sure, actually. I'm not sure. That's all right. Um, so I sat in during uh, the lockdown a couple of your healing sessions on, on Zoom, and it, it was yeah. very powerful. I mean, I remember it really... It, it shifted some stuff for me but I was having it really made me kind of like go into some tick stuff uh and I was like I was convulsing with like uh, and, and I can't explain I don't and this, my brain kind of goes through this am I inducing these things into myself or is this happening because I'm intuiting something else what would your interpretation be of those feelings perhaps um I'm kind, I'm kind of stopping because I'm like, you know, I'm not sure if it's my job to interpret okay. in, in some way. But having said that, all I can really say is I've worked with a lot of, you know, quite a lot of people now. And some people have a physical experience. And um, when I've done shamanic, um, shamanic journeying, I quite often would have a somatic experience like you so I would tick my body would tick until my ticks kind of went away and then my voice would come out and I would express it more in light language mm. which we can talk about a little bit in a minute um so yeah I mean I've worked with people face to face or online people have very different experiences it can be somatic some people start to speak light language and they've never mm. spoken light language before some people get very angry some people cry some people see visions, some, you know, all sorts of things happen. And I think, you know, my perception of that is you, we are, I'm channeling. So I'm getting, the, the, I call them healer guides to speak through me, but they're your healer guides. And so in some ways you are connecting to spirit through the sound of my voice. And that might induce you to tick, which might be 
your body trying to tell you something or a spirit trying to tell you something. Um, that sort of thing. So I'm not sure that's answered the question. I mean, my, all I can say is for my tics, I believe my tics were trying to tell me a story mm -hmm. and trying to tell me something. And I just tried to listen to that. It's interesting because even speaking to you right now, I am feeling something and, and it's like, and it's an excitement and my body feels excited by something. And, I, and it's like on, the, it feels like just underneath the surface of my skin. So it's, it's, yeah. and I was not expecting that when I started the interview. Um, so thanks. <laughs> this is really kind of, kind of, kind of fun. Um, so you're, you've got it. So you've got a company, you are the CEO of Into the Light. Is that correct? Yeah. I mean, um, <laughs> uh, when I was teaching Alexander, I had my own studio. In Brighton um, I had a website where you could book online you know I was doing quite well <clears throat> and I had a Facebook page and all that kind of stuff and I was surprised that kind of it happened at the beginning of lockdown I couldn't work as an Alexander teacher and I again I felt I had a message from spirit saying you're not doing Alexander technique anymore and it quite freaked me out because it was like but I'm that's what I do. That's what I always do. And it was like, no, you can close down your website. You can pass your studio to somebody else. And it was quite a big thing and quite a brave step. But I was like, do you know, I'm going to trust this. And actually, I'm more excited about what's happening through me and the channeling. So, um, so I just changed my Facebook. <clears throat> I, I did get rid of my website. I changed my Facebook to Into the Light mm -hmm. because that's how I feel that I'm kind of light is coming through me and I'm sending out light and you know we're, maybe we're all walking out of the darkness and into the light you mm. know so um that's why I called it that I don't exactly run it as a business <clears throat> but it's how people can find me I suppose excuse me I'm losing my voice now <clears throat> um and it's donation based so, um, you know, for healings, meditation, coaching, people give me a donation. And, and that, again, I feel that's come from spirit is not to charge, but if people want to pay something, they can pay something. And if they don't or they can't afford it, I'm also quite happy if I feel that I can make some kind of connection and link and that that will help that person. Mm -hmm. I'm in a fortunate position that I don't have to earn a lot of money from, from this. Mm -hmm. And so. energy comes in many different forms and money is just only one of them. So that's that's a really great sort of way of going forward with your, with your business in inverted commas. Uh, can yeah. we, is this, can we give an exclusive to the world about your uh, new venture, perhaps? We can. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, um, it's an opportunity that came up, basically. So... Some friends of mine, very good friends of mine in Bali, outside Ubud, those people that have been to Bali will know Ubud, it's more in the mountains, um, which is quite a hippie place. But in the paddy fields, they've bought, built basically these Javanese huts and houses to, um, to build a kind of community and um, kind of retreat center. And next door to them, I have been there. It's, I find it beautiful and I love, the idea of living in the jungle and they've got permaculture and everything 
And next door, the property, the woman that owned the property next door, which is another retreat centre, decided to move away. And it came up for grabs. <laughs> and I've always had this connection to Bali. So when I was travelling in Brazil or Costa Rica last year, I was a bit like, I don't know why I'm here. There must be a reason. But I'm still drawn to Bali. So when this came up, and, you know, it's quite a good price, I was like, why not? So it's not something I've been looking for to, to go into business and set up this big retreat center because it's, you know, there's quite a few buildings and yoga center and temple and, you know, it's beautiful. And it's not really something that I kind of think, oh, yeah, 55, I want to go and do that. But their idea and my idea is that we kind of almost little bit merge the the businesses so if one person's busy the retreat they can use the accommodation of the other retreat center um but also that there might be people that come to live there long term they might want to learn about permaculture um so it turns into a bit more of a community living people living together and at this time that's something that's come through very strongly this idea of community that we need to share and you know, set up communities that that can help each other. Absolutely. It feels to me that we're moving in a much more, well, some parts of the, the species is moving to much more towards a natural way of life, the where we're connecting as one being, and we're kind of hopefully shedding the idea that we're all just individuals in a sense of we are individuals, we are, we, but we are also one being. Yes. Um, so maybe that's what hopefully what the retreat centre might eventually kind of be much more in touch because obviously you're in the middle of nature as well so we'll be in this yeah. symbiotic project really yeah and it's very much connecting to the local community and the indigenous community there they come in and they do um, i like quite like the spiritual the kind of religious um kind of um ceremonies that they do i kind of find i quite like all that although i wouldn't say i'm i wouldn't say i'm religious myself mm -hmm. Um, what, what particular so, religious stuff goes on there? What religion is followed in Costa Rica? Um, um, kind of Buddhism and Hinduism, I think. Yeah. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Interesting. So you talked about um, using light language earlier, and, and I've seen you doing that in your in your healing circles. Can you tell us what a light language is? Well, <laughs> <laughs> I can tell you how I started. And how okay. Started. Yeah. Let's go from there. Yeah, so I've never really heard of light language, to be honest, and many of your um, listeners probably haven't heard of light language. But I did a singing course with a friend of mine, and there was only three people, and this was literally the week before lockdown, or a few days before lockdown, so we didn't know there was going to be a lockdown. <clears throat> and I did this singing course, and at the end, he gave his two participants, us 20 minutes to to make some sounds. He said, sing a song, but don't sing a song, just make some sounds. And he taught us how to kind of bring this energy up through our body from the ground. And in the beginning, I was very self-conscious. Um, the idea of singing in front of somebody just brings me, fills me with horror. <laughs> and I've always had this thing of, you know, I was told at school, you can't sing, so just mouths in the choir, don't actually mm. sing. And anyway, so I did it. And then some, after a while, something just kind of felt like it took over me. And suddenly uh, my hands were moving around and I was speaking this kind of African Spanish thing. Wow. And it sounded <laughs> quite good, I have to say. 
<laughs> and, but I was a bit like, that was not me. I was not doing that. So anyway, he said, oh, just go home and practice. And so I went home and practiced. And yeah, every time I did it, it was just like, it felt like something overtook me and, and it sounded okay. It sounded quite good. So then I kind of forgot about it, but then I was just sitting on the couch one day and I just started talking like gibberish. And I just thought, okay, this is interesting. And I, you know, I'd had a religious upbringing. I'd been to a Catholic school and I knew about speaking in tongues. Mm -hmm. You know, so where the Holy Spirit comes down upon um, apostles after blah, 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 and all that sort of thing. It happened several times. And I looked it up and it led me to this thing called light language. And then I was watched a few YouTube videos and I was like, oh my God, that is what I'm doing. Yeah. That is what's happening. So I started to do more remote healing with people um, because of lockdown, obviously. Um, people asked me to, to send healing or do things. And when I started to do that, the voices started to come in and they seemed to be telling me where there was blockages. So maybe in the throat or in the solar plexus or somewhere. And it seemed to be very connected to the energy that I was feeling. It was just another layer. And it wasn't until later on that I started to doing it in person or I was brave enough to allow it out in my meditation and healings that I realized that actually did have an effect on people. I mean, certain people were saying, oh yeah, that, no, that really had an effect on me or I felt that in my body. So yeah, I just continued to do it. But what is strange, I kind of felt a bit, what's the word? Well, I've always felt a bit odd and a bit different to everybody. And you know, I think a lot of gay people feel that is, you know, you don't feel you quite belong at school or in your family or, you know, in life. Mm -hmm. And even in the gay world, I'm like, I don't really feel like I belong to that group or that group. Or, and here's another thing, I have Tourette's, I'm gay, and now I speak light language and it's just like, bloody hell, you know. Um, I think we have a lot in common. <laughs> yeah, well, I've always thought this, too. I've always thought this. I have always thought. And um, but then like I've been to places like I went to a tantric festival, um, which was like a hundred people, and there was eight people there that spoke light language. And we wow. got together and we were speaking light language. Yeah. And then I went to the kitchen one day. I, I stayed there for a couple of days after I was speaking to the woman. She said, I speak light language. And how it came up in conversation, I don't know. And then I went to the dry cleaners one day and I met this woman we used to dance with and she was like, oh, I speak like language, but I haven't told anybody because it's freaking me out. I'm like, oh, I speak like <laughs> And then my flatmate started speaking like language. And um, so actually when, when you start to be a bit more open about it and I tried to be authentic and I tried to put things out there because I'm like, I can't be the only person that this has happened to. <laughs> I did that with the, the Tourette's and I did that with light language. And as it turns out, no, I'm not, obviously. Yeah, yeah. So I'm, I'm not alone. There's quite a lot of people that is coming to. And maybe everybody, maybe everybody, I believe everybody are healers. <laughs> and maybe everybody has this um, inside them that's a possibility, but somehow we're not connecting. And many things might stop us connecting. That might be alcohol, drugs, um, you know, 
sex addiction, all sorts of other addictions may be blocking us from connecting, mm. you know, to spirit in a in a different way. And do you think those blocks come up because of trauma? Um, what um, turning to alcohol and drugs and things yeah. like that? Yeah, but personally, I personally I do. Yeah. Um, so I gave up alcohol um, a couple of years ago. I didn't. I didn't particularly want to give up alcohol, but it was just like I did the old October October thing. Yeah. And then that just led me into continuing. But I think, again, it came from spirit. And I know some people, listeners, will probably find this quite difficult to kind of understand. But interestingly enough, at the beginning of lockdown, I went from being a vegetarian when I was a meat eater, you know, a few months before, from vegetarian to being vegan. Never wanted to be a vegan. But something was telling me I can't eat fish, eggs, nothing. Interesting. You know? And it might change. It might change again. But my my other addiction that I didn't realise was addiction was kind of sex and kind of um, porn. Yeah. And it wasn't until I started to meditate that I realised, actually, I do quite a lot of that. And I didn't realise it was an addiction. Yeah. And I started to meditate. And then I was like, oh, gosh, I haven't done that for a few days or a month or mm -hmm. for a week. And then it was a month. And I was like, oh, gosh, I can actually calm myself down in other ways. Then self-soothe, yeah. yeah it's actually anxiety. Yeah, you know, absolutely. We yeah. self-soothe in many, many different ways. And um, yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah. Because um, I started doing Transcendental Meditation about two years ago. No, three years ago, actually. Um, and my main blockage was the root chakra, apparently. So, um, yeah. and that's all to do with sex addiction and all that sort yeah. of stuff, apparently. Um, so when you're doing your healing do you think is that connected through chakras is that has got has that got something to do with it yes well um my pranic healing um taught me more about the chakras and yeah i can kind of sense people's chakras and where there might be a blockage so when i start to channel I'm always quite curious where the, the guides will go first. So they quite often may well, a, a quite popular one is the, <laughs> is the solar plexus, which is quite a lot to do with, you know, like fear mm -hmm. and, and anger and stuff. So, um, but it might not. And then another person, it might go straight to the root chakra or it might go to the third eye. So yeah, the healing is very much linked to the chakras and clearing out those channels and having them be more aligned um yeah so the answer is yes <laughs> excellent so you as we were we were both brought up catholic um i i just con i considered being a priest until i was about 17 then came to terms with my sexuality I thought well the catholics don't like that very much <laughs> <laughs> well they do like it but yeah let's not go there yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um did you ever consider being a priest or anything along those lines or what happened for you well, it was slightly different for me because my parents were not religious at all, actually. Um, but they sent me to this private Catholic school. Um, I don't know quite how that happened. Um, my ancestry was Catholic, but there was a there was a break in the family and we became Protestant and then nothing, basically. But I, yeah, I kind of, I'm kind of just going off in my head now. Um, I kind of was quite into religion. I quite enjoyed religious studies. 
I, um, but I didn't have a great childhood at school. <laughs> you know, things happened there. Yeah. That possibly shouldn't have happened there. And then um, I used to take myself off to church myself and occasionally my mum would come, but I used to take myself off to church. And then something happened and I'm not sure what it was or when it happened. I don't know if it was just growing up that suddenly I was like not interested in that anymore. So the answer is no, I'd never considered that that kind of way of life for me. It wasn't in my radar <laughs> at all. And in some ways that's why this has all been a bit of a surprise because I would say probably five years ago, I wouldn't say I was spiritual, religious, didn't believe in, probably didn't really believe in Reiki, definitely didn't believe in psychics, yeah. <laughs> any of that stuff. And somebody said, somebody said to me, oh, I'll send you a bit of healing. I'd be like, oh, yeah, all right, love. Um, <laughs> but I wouldn't really, to be honest, I wouldn't take it that seriously. But because I've experienced all these things, I can't unbelieve those things. Yeah. You know, so it's curious why, why it's kind of come to me. Excellent. Um, but yeah. So because yeah. um, shamanism and I mean, the, the modern day priest is almost like kind of an extension of shamanism. So in my mind, you've kind of become a priest. So, you know, I mean, the, the kind of shamanistic yeah. qualities. Um, yeah. So with that in mind, um, do you believe in a God or goddesses or gods or what, what is, do you have a belief system? Um, yes, I mean, if somebody simply, I would say it's omniism, which is the belief in all religions and no religions. Ooh. Yes. <laughs> um, I I've, not heard, I've not heard that word before. Uh, omniism. That's uh, interesting. Yeah, omniism. Look it up. <laughs> yeah. uh, um, I, I kind of like it. So I am drawn to, to religions. Um, because my perception is all religions believe in love as the, the basic concept, you know. <laughs> but what I, I said this in a group the other day over here in Costa Rica, but the way I like to explain spirituality, and I've just copied this from somebody that put it on Facebook, is imagine a picture of the ocean and within the depths of the ocean, there's a fish bowl and a fish in it. That is religion. But there's a fish outside that, and that is spirituality. This is just loads of rules, mm -hmm. religion. And this over here is freedom. And it's kind of like, I, I kind of think of spirituality as like playing. It gives you the freedom. There's no rules. You see what comes, what energy comes. You can, you know, I feel I'm connecting to spirit and being told and being guided. But I suppose my idea of God is not like there's a grey haired man up there, you know, for this religion or whatever. Um, it's that God is here, you know. So I, I talk about the divine within each and every one of us, but also that tree and that hummingbird and that. Do you know what I mean? So it's I do. And the dogs and the cats and the. You know, yesterday I was walking along the beach and I'm very drawn to. Um, dragonflies in fact i have a dragonfly tattoo oh lovely uh, yep. yeah and um sometimes they kind of follow me and i'm very you know i'm very kind of drawn and it's just like the divine and sometimes there's a message in that that so that's my way of seeing things uh -huh. yeah it's more kind of open more kind of playful 
but really connecting like you said before we are all, I believe we are all one so we reflect off each other um, there's an energy that how we communicate how we communicate with animals you know it's all energy um, and yeah so I talk about the divine within excellent so if you so what happens to us when we die when our bodies disappear <laughs> whatever happens right. to them, what, what, what what do you believe happens after we die or after this body um, dies well like i said before before i probably would have said nothing mm -hmm. but because of my experiences um i feel i have connected to my parents and grandparents in quite a somatic way so when i was having somatic experiencing i was acting out things happened to them wow so i feel that the energy is still there so I think when we die, our energy or our essence is still there kind of in the ether. So I don't feel it's like that's the end, but I also, something I really never believed in is past lives. So all I can say is I did a shamanic journey by myself one time and I experienced somatically different past lives about seven different past lives and so whether that's true in reality true <laughs> or not I had that experience so I believe that yeah when we die that we may reform into another form mm -hmm. you know we might be born into another family or I don't know but I do feel like the past lives are trying to teach us something and if we don't learn it in this life <laughs> we need to come into another life form oh to learn that no lesson. not again <laughs> yeah right. you better sort it out this life <laughs> get your stuff together excellent we're coming close to the end of the interview but what's next for you well next for me is to get a flight home which i haven't got <laughs> no next for me is um is barley really um so uh, the other the other thing that uh, i am kind of very drawn to is plant medicine so things like well mainly my ayahuasca mm -hmm. which people might be familiar with not so there's psychedelic um medicines and psilocybin which is mushrooms and again that might freak some people out i always thought oh that's just the thing the hippies do but these medicines can really lead you spiritually or open you up more spiritually. And I'm actually in a training to become a spirit guide, a soul guide. So that means I would be there holding space for people that are taking the medicine. And I've done it a couple of times and I go into a bit of a trance and I feel I'm connecting to spirit as somebody else is going through their, their own process. So I can be there in a very supportive um, capacity. So that is something that I still want to do, but I probably won't be doing that in Bali because it's very conservative. So I might be spending a couple of months in Europe um, getting involved in some of those ceremonies and continuing my training. But it is illegal, it, uh, ayahuasca is illegal in, in a, a number of parts of the world. Uh, so where would you be able to do it legally? Um, <laughs> not many places. <laughs> So it's legal. Um, I think it's legal here in Costa Rica, actually, and in a lot of South American countries. There is something that's similar you can do in 
um, Portugal and Holland, they so slightly changed their remedy. Um, something called Voya Washka, which is slightly, right. you know, so it can be done. It can be done in different places. So, um, and this is all to do yeah. with um, dimethyltryptamine, the DMT, uh, which all yeah. plants and brains produce. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, it's, I, again, it wasn't something I was ever interested in, but actually taking mushrooms one day, I was, I was literally told, you will be working with plant medicine. Mm -hmm. And then I kind of like, I also had the feeling when I was on one of my first ayahuasca ceremonies, this is what I want to do. This mm. is feels like I know what I'm doing in this space. You know, that's so. interesting. I did I made some inquiries recently about because I feel that at some point in my life that might be part of my journey as well. Uh, but, right. And I talked to somebody who does it in um, here in the UK, um, and because of my Tourette's, they said I'd have to have a private ceremony instead of be having a group ceremony, uh, which is kind of maybe kind of un un understandably. I get, I get that. I don't want to kind of like, if I go through that sort of thing, I wouldn't freak somebody else out by having um, yeah. ticks in the middle of a thing and then disturbing disturbing their process, really. Um, so you, part of your hope is that eventually you, maybe you will do that in your retreat? Um, I, won't, I won't do it in Bali because it's such a conservative country and you can go to jail for oh, many really? years. Oh, really? Oh, wow. So um, that's been the slight kind of like, oh, can't do that there but I think it's an opportunity almost to go to travel yeah. and I was told you know by psychics that you will be traveling you know and doing different things in different places so Bali would be more of a base um and so it might be I would be doing this in different places just that thing about you know doing it one-to-one -one or in a group I would think I probably know people that you could do it within the realms of a group um but they would have to decide whether they would want to take that on i mean when i do when i um take ayahuasca i am quite disruptive so i move around a lot and i speak light language right well, you, so I, I have found places that kind of accept that and, and just acknowledge that i mean they can take you into a separate space yeah you know if you're becoming too disruptive which did happen to me in my last one actually so. <laughs> Excellent. It's been such a lovely conversation. Thank you very much for taking part. And, um, Thank you. And so if people want to get in touch, <laughs> touch with you and find out more about what you do and, um, and perhaps um, eventually you maybe come to the retreat once all up and running, uh, where can they get yeah. in touch with you? Yeah, probably the best place is, well, I can either, well, no, the, probably the best place is Instagram. And I think my um, thing is healing, then an underscore, then ourselves and then underscore. So healing underscore ourselves underscore. Yeah. Thank you ever so, and so much. So you can just send me a direct message or, or whatever, um, that sort of thing, or get in contact with you. You know how to contact. Excellent. Yeah, yeah absolutely. <laughs> get in touch with me and, and I shall yeah. put you in touch with Mark. Well, yeah. I think it's appropriate right at this point to say namaste. 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 Lovely and to see you. Enjoy. Uh, <laughs> absolutely lots of love and thank you very much and hopefully um, i might meet you eventually in real life at some point and give you a big hug yeah <laughs> yeah cool. okay okay take, take care my friend thank you bye-bye